Hi everyone, this is Donna Argor, aka Lady Justice, advocate for many causes, coming to you again on Anchor Podcasts, um, specifically with uh, the focus on uh, a couple of healthcare series uh, due to new information that was gathered um, within the last few weeks on a personal level. And so I'm trying to impart this information uh, in order for other people to um, hopefully find it a useful tool. So before I continue with the second one, just wanted to recap a little bit. If you want to go back and listen to the first, if you have not, um, I introduced the um, the fact that um, healthcare can be a minefield, and even though you think you're schooled in in what you need to to do, um, there's always more to learn. And even kind of comparing it to uh, becoming, being a victim um, of crime, there's some commonalities there. Then I uh, initially went into my traumatic fall uh, that I, that occurred uh, a few weeks ago. And yes, I am on the mend and getting uh, better. But uh, following uh, description of that, I went through a few general principles, I guess you could say, in terms of just keeping um, the framework in mind as you go along on your journey and you may encounter some of these, particularly if you are a single person uh, that doesn't have a lot of um, family support or friends around to pick up the slack and do a lot of things. And uh, a lot of that is geared is geared for people in those situations. And as we age, um, that situation becomes more prevalent. Um, A lot of people who are elderly, uh, their family members are scattered across the country. They can't get back home to tend to mom or dad. And um, maybe you're not as savvy uh, researching on the internet, etc. So there's a number of of different um, causes that would make you um, be in the same situation as I. So, as I say, we went through um, some general principles to keep in mind. And today, this particular podcast, I'd like to focus on some specific things that happened to me uh, in the in the form of um, an anecdote. So we'll kind of go down the list, uh, laundry list of um things that may have happened and things that I think might be good uh, as innovations or suggestions. And then my hope is in the next episode, I can be more specific and talk about specific problems and then present a viable solution. Okay. So after I sustained my injury in which I broke a front tooth, lacerated a lip, and tried tried to break my fall, but essentially I also ended up breaking the radial head of my left arm uh, slash elbow, and I am left-handed, so that, uh, that combined with having spastic CP uh, really created a lot of problems. So from the get-go, I was taken by ambulance to an emergency room, And when you go into an emergency room, you have the clothes on your back and maybe the possessions you have, 
but instantly you are put in what they call a Johnny, and a Johnny is nothing more than a, a patterned starched nightgown. And um, although I might have had a couple of possessions in terms of uh, toiletries eventually because I was staying at a hotel when this occurred, I had nothing of my own. And I was amazed at how vulnerable I felt, how um, alone I felt just to not have the basic creature comforts um, of having a piece of my own clothing. I was perpetually cold. There wasn't a sweater that I could put on. Yes, they gave me initially warming blankets and they they help, but only for a time. Uh, so nothing of a personal nature really kind of sets you off your game. And as I went along through this hospital system, I had to wear one of these Johnnies for a whole nine days before I found, before I got my own clothing that I could wear. And to me, that presented a problem. The suggestion I had to um, a hospital doctor who was kind of a go-between with administrators was that in um, when someone is discharged after a hospitalization, frequently maybe they had to have their, their clothes torn off or they were burned or too dirty or perhaps the person was indigent and didn't have other clothing. There is kind of a clothes, charity clothes closet um, as well as having other types of toiletries or whatnot to use for emergency basis when someone is discharged. Uh, my theory was that if someone comes through the ER and you are abruptly put into an ambulance with, with nothing but the clothes on your back and you may be separated, they ought to have that kind of a system on the other end for people in the emergency room. Um, and again, just to have something warm, something um, that feels similar to, to what you may wear or you know, to have um, a little thing of shampoo or, or what have you to make you feel more humanized versus, you know, a product of the system being in this little skimpy Johnny. Uh, and hopefully they will take that suggestion. Another, another situation that I encountered, and this is an important one, is that over a course of time, uh, because it was a trauma hospital, um, they scheduled me for surgery, but alas, they postponed or canceled it three times because um, one word you may or may not be familiar with is uh, not only trauma, but triage. And that simply means that when someone comes through the emergency room um, from an event, if somebody has a broken bone versus um versus multiple trauma or is profusely bleeding or has a stroke or something like that, of course, they are prioritized as a higher importance. So to look at me, um, my surgery was a broken arm. However, when you you couple that with spastic cerebral palsy, um, I was quite um, incapacitated. But when you just look at it from an orthopedic standpoint, they the people in the surgery scheduling department just kept postponing 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 and not communicating with my nurses or with me adequately that oh sorry this is uh, canceled again or postponed again this happened a number of times 
And so finally, what I had to do was I had to use resources. Um, I happened to know someone in the hospital administration uh, and I let them know in, know in certain terms that although I understood triage, um, my surgery was important too. And my concern in the back of my mind is that insurance companies don't take lightly to the fact that you're hanging around in a bed for several days. They want to see things happen or else, you know, they want to discharge you or don't pay for your care. So that was my other concern. Uh, so when I started making noise, when I started to be the voice, essentially, things started happening. There were social workers that came to my aid. There were patient representatives uh, and uh, other nursing professionals, especially when you go to the top in, in administrative cir- uh, cir- um, circles, things do happen. So if your surgery keeps getting postponed and you can't find out why and there's no good reason and you have other other extenuating circumstances to say yes I need to have my surgery too um, this is what we need to do so thing uh, the ducks got aligned in a row and um, what happened was essentially this my initial doctor through the ER still did not have room in his schedule for me they kind of thought out of the box and there was a another affiliated hospital and um, they assigned me to another hospital that was five miles away that was also affiliated with the trauma hospital in Connecticut and um, I was transferred there within a couple days put on a schedule and ultimately given my surgery so long story short If you take matters into your own hand and advocate for yourself, things do get done. Uh, A couple of other things here. When I was uh, first um, admitted to a skilled nursing facility for rehabilitation, uh, I had known of other types of units. And uh, because I had clients that lived there and I thought, oh, this is going to be fine. When I was uh, wheeled in by ambulance and I saw a particular section of this facility, it was very dark and dank. Um, It was a semi-private room that they typically bring you to, but, and it happened to be we uh, perpetually rainy, but the lighting was very poor. Um, Paint was tripping off the walls. Uh, There was no lighting at the other end of the room. There were um, mirrors across from the bed, so you had nothing um, nice and bright to look at in terms of colorful paintings. There was nothing that was cheery um, or inspiring if someone comes into a rehab unit that was um, dark and dank. And strangely enough, when I voiced my, my concern about, well, gee, I kind of feel like this is a cave and uh, this is supposed to be for rehabilitation. People get accustomed to their surroundings and the staff didn't even didn't even realize it. So you you again you have to voice these things and people coming in from the outside can perpetually um, see where the problems are when people go in they just kind of don't even realize. So uh The wheels were set in motion in terms of giving suggestions, but also um, another 
related issue is that I, after a few days, I did have a, a roommate that came in and all the, and she was significantly more challenged in terms of her medical issues than I. She had come from another type of unit that was uh, a private pay much um, and much pricier. And she too thought that she was um, going into a, a room that, shall we say, would be more luxurious and she was very unhappy. Um, and unfortunately, this person's needs were very intense um, and um, the way she dealt with problems and, and treated staff was uh, almost like servitude. And I don't think she had the insight to really understand that she was sharing a room with me and my my um, healing and my sleep was vastly getting disrupted. And so ultimately, I, I was beside myself and, and I asked for a change of room. And as luck would have it, um, there are private rooms available. Um, I'm not sure at this moment whether or not I might have gotten a private room um, in terms of charges, but I think if if my sleep and healing was being disrupted, they thought that this would be a good compensation for me. And it was much lighter, brighter, and a much nicer room and a quieter room to be in. So again, be, being the squeaky wheel, um, afforded me a better short-term situation. Another thing that I encountered um, when I was in uh, uh, this skilled nursing facility, sometimes, you know, you get caught up in your own uh, problems and, you, and you, you don't see it as other people do. And I happen to have known a particular person that was there as a long-term resident because she coincidentally was a client of mine and this this woman had several disabilities uh over her life and and had a hard childhood and a and a hard earlier adulthood and i was instrumental in kind of helping her get get to this point at this facility and i really felt very comfortable in that after maybe eight years she had found her niche when I said to her well gee you know your nails look lovely who did that and she said well my helper meaning a certified nurse assistant or an aide and she said to me Donna I live in luxury and I said well what do you mean by that and she said to me well I have somebody that can help paint my nails somebody help me with a shower and someone pick out my clothing so in comparison to the childhood and adulthood that she had come from that was um, neglectful and very challenging and pretty much lacking in love and care, this was luxury to her. And that kind of gave me pause because many people would not want to be in a nursing situation and think of it as luxury. So again, it's the perspective that you see. Um, a, a couple of side notes here. During my stay, because I went from a plaster cast to a a brace, um, a lot of the clothing that I had did not fit. So we had to end up cutting strips in, in my left uh, sleeve of all of my 
of all of the shirts or borrowing them from the facility. Um, frequently, their laundry service may have extra clothes. And uh, if you don't have someone immediately to go shopping for you, a social worker may do it for a long-term resident, but they don't do it for short-term. So we kind of cut strips and and um, may do with, with what I was able to have. Ultimately, a relative did bring other clothes, but again, it's it's kind of make do as you can. And I kind of invented a new... Uh, a new style of clothing, having to, to, to make these strips so that the clothing would fit. Um, another, another general principle that goes along with many, um, of the incidents I, I encountered that maybe I wasn't, wasn't too happy about. Um, uh, once I voiced my opinion, once I talked to the administrative heads or the nursing or the social workers, and I pointed out certain things and not so much, in a accusing way or a negative way, but uh, gave them the benefit of my experience in healthcare and as a patient for many years, and this is how I saw the situation. Um, whether it was a small change or you know a large change, where everyone you know came to my assistance when I said I need to be on the operating schedule. I, again, my point is I can't stress enough the power of potential change. When you start to assert yourself, when things go wrong, and that you you mean business, um, hospitals and nursing facilities uh, frequently have surveys that you um, are asked to fill out, and they are distributed to a, a data company. And uh, to my knowledge, they take. Uh, quite a lot of attention and care to to look at uh, those kinds of evaluations because it ends up being part of their overall rating system with the public. And in fact, these are businesses and they want more business. Um, so that was my point in improving the decor of rehab um, because it would just help um, the overall um mental health of people as well. Uh, Another thing that I dealt with, you know, being sort of a one-arm paper hanger, um, being um, a person with spastic cerebral palsy, um, as you may know from earlier podcasts, I had um, gotten um, orthotic special state-of-the-art leg braces for safety. Unfortunately, I did not have those available to me prior to when I fell and I see the importance of even in my struggle to get them on independently how very important it is for me so in combination with getting my my arm better I know that for everyday needs I'm going to have to use every safety resource available to me um another Another situation that I had to deal with is a matter of timing in my housing complex. They just so happened after two years of promising, they were doing a paving project um, and it stretched on, seemed for days, days and weeks. And I was quite concerned because 
people that live there, including myself or healthcare people, would not be allowed in because of the paving situation. So that added to a stress level, trying to get the most accurate communication. What could I do? Um, I didn't want this to hold up my discharge. Uh, the, the multitude of calls uh, having to be made, whether it's um, for discharge plans, whether it's to um, deal with insurance issues, whether it's to deal with um, transportation issues um, coming up or meal prep or what have you. Uh, it appeared as if, and it rightfully was, a 24-7 day of perpetual calls and emails and me trying to do text with my non-dominant right hand and putting all your energy into these types of things um, rather than sitting back and trying to heal really made things very, very stressful for me. And I learned at every step of the way that even though there are assigned roles, ultimately it comes to you. Um, so in many cases, um, I, I took the lead and I had people following me down the hall, whether it was a nurse to give me some type of medicine, whether it was a social worker, whether it was a therapist. And, um, I think I kind of was an anomaly in that, in that environment, but yes, I was very, very busy, um, in, in that situation. Um, another Another thing that's very important is, and something that I've always followed, is that I'm not necessarily a spontaneous person. I'm a think-ahead person. So when um, when they're telling you that, okay, you've been approved for X number of more days, but then you you may be denied further for a further stay, except they give you a 48-hour notice, you have to be thinking ahead for dis- for discharge planning. Um, so whether it's um, therapies, which you would get in home care, whether it's homemaking skills, whether it's someone to drive you around for errands, whether it's signing up for a transportation service, whether it's getting people to do grocery shopping for you, these are all things that you have to you you have to start doing. You know, even in the middle of your stay to keep on top of it. And the other thing I wanted to mention is that you also have to do something positive for yourself away from this madness um, just to kind of um, give you a lift. Uh, my example was that I, I contacted um, a contractor in uh, South Carolina where I, I own another condo. And in the future, I have a future goal to um, be moving there. So to be able to do something outside of this very chaotic healthcare situation was very good for me and to just make me feel more normal because this was an all-encompassing, very in- intensive um, intensive situation and I just felt like I was stuck, stuck in the middle of all this and it was a never-ending stream. Uh, so it... it it is very important to um, to have a break uh, when you're entrenched in all of these matters. So I think for now that's kind of um, a a good synopsis of 
of, of some of the, the things that I encountered and I will address more specific problems and specific solutions and maybe throw in a few other little tidbits I may have forgotten in the in the next um, podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Please do take my advice. If it's something you can use, pass it on to other people. And, and we'll see you during the next episode.